0: This episode of the Consulting Pipeline podcast is brought to you by me, Philip Morgan. (laughs) So let's wrap up this uh, somewhat lengthy, somewhat wordy, somewhat rambling (laughs) review of David C. Baker's book, The Business of Expertise. You can get your very own hard copy of this book at David's website, expertise.is. I'm spending a lot of time, what what feels to me like a lot of time, talking about this book because, number one, I think it's it's quite good. Number two, I think it's quite relevant to you and making that transition out of being a generalist, self-employed software developer and transitioning into something better, which I believe for some large percentage of you, something better would be combining your, your expertise and your experience with software with some expertise and experience applying that software to a specific type of business. That's specialization in a nutshell. And as you do that, mechanically what you're doing is called specializing, but in terms of the value that you're trying to be able to create for clients, What you're doing is developing economically valuable expertise. And at least in my own words, I'm not sure what David would say if you asked him, but in my own words, that's really what his book is about, is that journey of developing economically valuable expertise. So I wanted to conclude my, again, rambly, (laughs) lengthy review of David's book with just a few more notes and reflections on what he says in there. I think there are things he says in the book that I haven't even talked about at all. So this is by no means an exhaustive uh, book review or anything like that. This is really just me kind of giving my take on it and encouraging you to check it out uh, if it sounds interesting to you. On page 47, David brings up something that I think is is just super relevant. It's super relevant to this idea that specialization – And developing economically valuable expertise is a journey. It's a process. And I'm hyper-aware of that because I'm under no illusions that for the generalist software developer who's dissatisfied with the limitations of being a generalist, turning their business into something better is not an overnight change. And I am under no illusions (laughs) that it is an overnight change. So many aspects of my business and my work with people are about facilitating and accelerating that change. I've been through that transition myself. I've sort of been, I, I, I guess, more virtually than physically, but I've been shoulder to shoulder with people who are making a similar transition And I I just get email all the time from people, usually on my email list or or folks who've read my book, about what it's like to make that transition. And it is so much like things like losing weight, uh, improving your physical fitness, quitting smoking, quitting some other kind of habit that you're, you're done with and you want to move into something that's better for you. It is a process and it's not usually easy. I think there's edge cases where it is easy and natural and just is like, Oh yeah, that was, that was easy for me. That was sort of the next natural thing. But for so many people I, who I think stand to benefit from this process of specializing and developing valuable expertise You know, it it takes real work, and it takes time for it to happen. And uh, there's actually an episode of this podcast. Let me see if I can multitask well enough to uh, look it up. Um, Yeah, episode 63. It's called The Satisfaction Gap. On page 47 of David's book, The Business of Expertise, he talks about this. This idea that there's – you will – if if you follow this journey of developing really valuable expertise by specializing you will experience points where you are dissatisfied with a gap between your own, your current level of expertise or experience or knowledge or you know if you're doing research to bring to bear on some problem in order to try to move the needle for your clients at some at, at more than one point, but, you know, from time to time, you will become dissatisfied with a gap between what you know is possible in terms of your own expertise and your own ability to help your clients improve their condition and your current level of expertise. You'll see a gap there. You'll say, gosh, I know if I just if I had more data or if I'd done more research or if I could think more deeply about this or whatever it is. I could close that gap. In other words, I think it's a lot. I, I, I mean, I just, I don't know why I use sports analogies ever because I don't do anything athletic other than you know take a few walks a week and that's hardly athletic and sometimes uh, ride a bike. I don't do anything in, in the world of competitive athleticism at all. But yeah, I constantly kind of rely on these sports analogies because I think there is something in common with that aspect of human performance and achievement and what we as experts do for our clients. I suppose um, you know medical doctors maybe feel the same way or uh, perhaps trial lawyers or other people dealing with complex systems where expertise plays a real really clear, role in the kind of outcomes that happen. So that's why I never use analogies that are about stuff like, um, you know, gambling or poker or playing cards because there's such an element of chance in those situations that I feel like they're poor analogies for what we're talking about. Anyway, <laughs> I think this must be a little bit like uh, competitive athletes feel where They can sort of measure their performance and see that room for improvement and realize that through a certain type of disciplined hard work, they can close that gap in performance between where they are now and where they'd like to be. And I bring this up, A, because it's a part of David's book, but also I see it in my own life and I think it comes up with the clients that I work with as well, where your awareness of that gap between where you are now and where you'd like to be is a troubling thing. It really like, it bothers me (laughs) quite honestly that I can in my own business, I can see this gap where I'm like, Oh, if I just had, you know, a few more months of like, if I could spend two days a week for let's say three months, I could do research that would make a meaningful difference to my clients. And I just, you know, for whatever reason, don't have that time available now. And it's personally dissatisfying to me that I can't get there faster. And it it's not really a sense of like impatience in general. It's not just me being generally impatient, but it's me being able to see what would be possible if I, if I could develop that thing more or invest more time in doing research or what have you. So again, this is just me kind of reacting to what David's saying in his book, you will notice that. And sometimes you'll become aware of that because clients will, they're not trying to do this, but they'll put you on the spot and you will find yourself not having the answer that they really need in that situation. And I don't think it's feel so bad that anybody who's in this, you know, in along the, in this journey of, Developing expertise I don't think it's so that feeling is so bad that anyone feels like they want to quit But it can be temporarily discouraging and ideally what it does is gives you a sort of drive to uh, Close that gap and to figure out. Okay You stumped me there on that mr. Or mrs. Client what i'm going to do about that is dive deeper into that area and and find a satisfying answer or a functionally useful answer to that question that I did not have an answer to. So that's something that I, I really resonated with in the book. Um, further along on page 86, David talks about, um, he, he kind of frames it as a little bit of a, a quip, which I appreciated because It was. I mean, it wasn't like a zinger or anything, but he said something about how a lot of experts paradoxically are bad with uh, data compliance. You know, they're bad at collecting metadata about their own expertise so that they can offer more value to clients. (laughs) I resonate with this too. It's not that I, you know, am intentionally sloppy, but when you're kind of in the midst of breaking new ground, exploring new territory, or going deeper into territory that you've already explored, it's easy to forget to collect metadata that can later be packaged into the expertise that you apply to your client's problems. So I I found that very interesting. Um, I think this will be a little bit uh, shorter episode. Yay! (laughs) I'll wrap up with just a few general notes. Towards the end of David's book, he talks about some of the the f- sort of functional things that you need to understand in order to assess your own positioning. Of course, I have a book about this, sort of about the same topic too, called The Positioning Manual. And I, I just agree with a lot of what David is saying there, in that final part of the business of expertise where he's talking about vertical versus horizontal positioning, some of the pros and cons of those two approaches and um, some ways to test whether your positioning is as credible as it could be as effective as it could be in terms of helping you command a premium rate for your services and so forth. So I'm not sure that I've, I know for sure I've not done a perfect job of giving you a like full resolution picture of what this book is, but that was never my goal. My goal was, uh, to be completely honest, to interest you and tease you enough <laughs> about the content of David's book, The Business of Expertise, that you feel comfortable spending whatever the price is. I think it's 29 bucks or something like that to order your own copy, because I think you should. And I am shamelessly promoting this book, again, because it's relevant and, I think, valuable to folks who are considering moving out of that generalist uh, situation into one where they cultivate expertise that is so valuable that the expertise itself helps sell their services. So, with that… I really hope you uh, check out and buy the book. Again, you can do that. Uh, There's a URL, I think, where you can go to to do that, and it is .is, expertise.is, expertise.is. That's the place where you go to uh, get your own copy of this, uh, this book. If you have questions, normally I'm doing more to tackle questions and so forth on this show, you can phone them into the Consulting Pipeline Podcast Answer Hotline at 707 204 0717. Just leave a voice message there. I will play your question on air. And I've I got one or two that are queued up already for me to get to. I'll play your question on air, do my best to answer it. And um, again, that's the Consulting Pipeline Podcast Answer Hotline 207 204 0717. By way of farewell, I'll say, as Dave Mustaine said, moving on, it's a simple thing, what it leaves behind is hard.